What's up? This is Ryan, everybody. I have an awesome founder on today. I have CEO Mitra. Check this out, man. He had access to the third largest or power, most powerful computer in the world. Got personally recruited by the CEO of Snowflake at his old company as a machine learning uh, expert when you look at that. And on top of it is the Series B company is growing like wildfire. And on top of it, too, we also had him talk about generative AI and where he sees it going the integration of marketing and tech and data. So uh, I think you'll like this episode. It's uh, it's great because it's a data aspect of AI and what happens and how it's heading in the world in a completely different direction. So check it out, let me know what you think. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to the Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Saley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Sumya Mitra. Okay, so check this out. He is a specialist at large-scale distributed systems, machine learning, and deep learning. So in school for his doctorate, he had access to the third most powerful computer in the world at U of I. At the same time, he's personally – actually, not at the same time. A little later, he's personally recruited, recruited – by the current CEO of Snowflake, Frank Slootman, and now he's the founder and CEO of Rudderstack. Sumya, welcome. Happy to have you on the show, man. Thanks, Ryan. I'm really excited to be on the show. Thanks for yeah, having me. Yeah, no, it's cool, man. I really enjoyed uh, our shared love of Chicago before we had a chance to jump on, as well as just hearing your, your background and your story. So real quick, though, before we get into you, your business, what you're working on, let's do a real quick revenue rundown. So. What stage of the journey are you at in terms of your revenue? So we are a Series B company. We are in the 10 to 20 million uh, ARR okay. revenue range. Love that. Um, now, walk us through, like, how big is your team? Yeah, we are a team of almost 150 people, distributed team. We don't have an office. We are like one of the COVID companies, so we, we never actually had to build an office. So okay. The team is spread between, like, Asia, Europe, and North America. Okay, love that. All right. And then... Um, what's your primary go-to-market strategy in terms of how you acquire customers and grow the business? So uh, it has kind of evolved over time. Like the first couple of years was pretty much all inbound. Like we exclusively sell to like the, the developers, data teams, engineering teams. And it was like a lot of inbound. We are, we are also an open source company. So that helped us like get some uh, like developer love. And that's how we got the initial set of customers. As we like evolved, like starting this year, we have like layered on additional motions, right? Partnerships and outbound and, and so on. But I would still say like it's pretty much like a very much inbound okay, business gotcha. so far. Uh, and then when we talk about your solution, can you describe it in like two to three sentences with who it serves and the outcome it creates? Yeah, so we are in the broader category called customer data platform. Uh, the only caveat though is like uh, traditional CDP sell to marketing. We sell to data and engineering teams. They buy Rudderstack to solve their customer data challenge, like which is primarily around number one data collection. How do I collect all the the data that I have about my customers, like all the activities that happen on the website, on the mobile app? Like how do I bring all that data together? Like that's problem number one. Problem number two is like once I bring that data into some kind of a data warehouse, how do I build interesting use cases on top of that? Right? Whether it's like creating a customer 360, creating uh, machine learning uh, pro products, and so on. And the final stage is like, how do I now take that and like send this down to like business teams, right? 
so that marketing can run personalized campaigns and, and, and support can do personalized support and so on. So that's kind of like the three stages of the product. It is more than two to three sentences, but like probably. <laughs> I, you know like what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be uh, completely transparent. I think, I don't know if there's been anybody, maybe on my one hand, I could count out of like 250 interviews of anybody that's done it in one or two sentences, right? So you're not alone there, but I do that because if I don't put those guardrails around, people will talk about it for like 10 minutes. And that'll be like half the interview. So anyways, you still did okay. So um, so are you, well, you mentioned Series B. I take it you're funded then, correct? Yeah, that's okay, cool. Uh, all right. So let's get into like you as a person and, and the company and like the journey to get here. So like, I know you were a multi-time founder. We talked about that a little bit before the show, but I guess like if you kind of summarize it, what was your journey to the point or almost like the apple fell on your head, right? Like to, to go back in time, like the old school, apple fell on your head, you're like, I gotta do this. I gotta create Rudder Stack. I gotta make this happen. Like what was your journey and kind of got to the point where you yeah. made to realize that? Yeah, maybe I was not like brilliant enough to like have that kind of an apple fall <laughs> moment. It was like very much like, like a, I would almost say like a 10, 10 year journey to like, to, to almost like build Rudder Stack. Right? And it started with like, Almost uh, my my PhD days, right? I mean, I worked a lot in data and then like some 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 ML, but like mostly a lot of data, big data, and so on. So like data fascinated me. Started working at Data Domain and then like started a company in the marketing data space and built again like used a lot of those data uh, background, but then applied it to marketing. And then I, that was my first time learning about the marketing use cases and the challenges around that. So. And then, like, learned a lot of things in that process. Uh, one of the things was like, okay, like selling to marketing persona is very hard. But then we had a tech which is like very valuable for maybe other teams in the company and so on. So like, then went to eight by eight, tried to use the same thing in a large public enterprise, right? And then like, like realized the challenges of like trying to set up a customer data stack in a company like that. So and and then started Rudder Stack. So I almost like feel like Rudder Stack is a culmination of like like 10, 15 years of like working in data, data marketing and, and so on. And I'm still learning, right? I mean, the space itself, the market itself is so, so much evolving. Oh. So yeah, I, I wish I had that like Apple fall moment. <laughs> and then I had, I'm 22, I started a company and then I'm done. So but, like, unfortunately it was not. But it's, it, so here's the thing that's interesting about what you just said is most of the time it's like that, right? When I ask people that question or like how it came to, it's like a series of experiences. It's not just like, a lightning strike of like, oh my God, I got to do this, right? Um, so I, I think you're not alone in that. <laughs> Actually, I know you're not alone just from what other other founders and, and CEOs have told me. So yeah, particularly like B2B, right? I mean, B2C, maybe like you, Zuckerberg got the idea of like, okay, I need to do this. And then like he started off and then maybe TikTok is that. And I don't know the founders, but like B2B is like very much like you need to have so much context to like start a company. Uh, that like yeah so talk about that what do you what do you mean by that because that's a really interesting point and i i think i know where you're going with this but i would love to hear kind of your insights as to like you know what context you need to create a sustainable product with the the kind of growth that you've had right because you're in series b you're what almost like four and a half years into it is what it looks like i think just based on trend about right yeah Yeah, slightly more than four years so you're about four years in your series b you know, so what's the context you need and look at to create a product that's sustainable to get you out of that zero to one, you know, rough shed that most companies fail at? Yeah, I would say like 
I think uh, it's, it's that context of like what customers need, right? When I think about like when I was like just fresh out of grad school, right? I mean, everything I had to learn about data, I was kind of like probably learned by that time. Right? I mean, how do you store data? How do you process data? The tech was like, you probably have learned by then, right? And then of course the tech keeps evolving, but like the core tech has like, I mean, you, you have your foundation, but like what are the business problems like companies face, right? And how do you know that, right? And like, so you have to either like go in, go to a, and if you just specifically look at customer data, then you have to go and work in a brand like Crate and Barrel or like Priceline or like, and then like really be there for like five years to really understand like what are the challenges people face, right? But like, maybe that's a strategy, but like, I mean, I, I didn't take that. Like, I went to like vendors, right? Companies who are building product, but then they are on very specific domains, right? I mean, data domain was in the backup space. And then I started a company which we built some tech, but then we are selling to different personas. So like, really trying to understand what kind of problems that enterprises have that you can like build a product and go address, right? I mean, that knowledge requires you to have deep understanding of like how enterprises work and what are the data challenges and uh, even if you just narrow to data, right? So that can only come from real life experience, right? And it's very different from like having a sense of like how can how you can sell to consumers and maybe I have a brand great idea around like TikTok or Snapchat. And I mean, that I can, you probably don't need a lot of, like growing up in a society gives you that insight, but like enterprise problems are slightly different and you have to be embedded in an enterprise in whatever form or shape to know what problems. And that's probably what the context is required. And some people are like brilliant. They probably figure it out in like two years or if the market is changing a lot, right, then you can probably do that. But but really that happens. Okay, I think that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Like the the real world experience. Cause like that, that was one of the things that, and I, I told you this previously, but like why I've been obsessed with AI and leveraging like some of the large language models to create business outcomes. Because what I've seen from a lot of folks online is just like prompt bombs, right? Where there's just like, have these 200 prompts yeah. and this is gonna solve all your issues. And then you look at them and they're like one line uh, and then the output's crappy, right? It allows you to just scale crap. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so kind of the way I look at it is like, I, the way I started off with it, I'd be curious on your take, is I started off with something that took me 10, 15 years to learn from like experience. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm going to ask it very hyper specifically, like what is the view on it? And it gave an answer that was like close to 95% the first time I asked it. Yeah. But if you don't have that context, you don't know the right question to ask in the exact right way and the exact right format. So it's like kind of the, the chicken and the egg, if you know what I mean. Hundred percent, right? And that 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 is the context, right? That you need to like go and build a company, right? I mean, like anyone can ask like a question to ChatGPT, any question, but like what question to ask is like what you need. That's the knowledge. That's the tribal knowledge that you bring in because like you are in the sales domain. If I am in the data domain. Hello, this is Ryan here. Real quick, if you are enjoying this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a comment or review. If you want more help or just want to learn more about what the top SaaS CEOs and founders are doing, check out my website at www.ryanstaley.io. Join my newsletter, check out other free content resources I have there, and let me know if you want to scale your business. Now back to the episode. We don't need to go super deep on ChatGPT, but with large language models, I mean, do you think that that 
like is going to still be a valuable skill projecting out over the next year, two years? Because I know you have massive experience in deep learning and, and machine learning. So do you think that's going to go away and, and the systems are going to self, self-optimize self for prompts? Or where do you see things going in the whole AI um, deep learning space? Yeah, I mean, firstly, I mean, I, I don't qualify myself as like an expert in that, like from the tech perspective, like, I mean, even that space is so evolving. But I think that that's a good question, right? I mean, like at one end, right? I mean, uh, you, you see these things, right? But they can answer, like they, they can take the, SAT or like the 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 law test or whatever tests and they're like they can score like superhuman levels and and so on right so at at once and they have kind of solved some of it but at the other end I I I don't know like going back to that problem and again I I can think about data right like if, if you ask Chat GPT right I mean like what are like the top ten customer data problems that like like a company like Priceline might have, right? I mean, I, I, I think like that answer, and I should probably ask that, but I, I have asked various variations of that. And that answer is very, very superficial, right? And ChatGPT finally is like learning from all the text that is there in the world, right? And I'm not even sure if this is captured properly in a document, maybe in some Priceline internal document, but like, there is no public document about it. Like, I'm picking them as an example, yeah. right? What you have to do is like understand like what are the, or like in your domain, like sales leaders, like what are the top three challenges for a sales leader in like in, in, in companies, in like B2B companies, right? And then like ask that to every sales leader and find a pattern. And that's how we go and build a company. So can you can you go and can chat GPT, can you ask chat GPT to give you a startup idea that will scale? I don't know. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't think we are there yet because like that thing is not even in the information space. Well, right? you So here's where, here's where I think where I'm seeing like, ridiculous results of that. So what you just mentioned is like, okay, what are the top three problems that, uh, let's say a chief revenue officer would have at a, what, did, what was the rest of the example you gave at what type of company? At a- Like, let's say B2B, B2B companies, B2B. right? CROs right. in like B2B so that's, companies. What, right? you, just, what or, you just asked is not specific enough. That's why you're not gonna, yes. so you'd be like, yeah. um, and not to, <laughs> to kind of prompt it, I've spent a lot of time on it, right? So, uh, so effectively, you ask that same question: is like, okay, what are the top three challenges a VP of sales would have at a startup in a revenue range between one and ten million that sells a B two B solution that's in this category that does X Y Z? Then you'll get good answers, right? But if you or the other the other layer is on if you're selling it to a or I should say you have problems with like the type of company whether it's publicly traded, private. Um, venture backed or PE backed. All those are variables. If you can integrate those in there, that's when you start getting like stupid re- good results because it like infuses the context right. that's missing, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? That that makes sense. But let's say I'm like an outsider. I, mean, I don't know how much time you want to talk about this, but like I'm an outsider. I've not I have no idea about sales. And I'm trying to build a I'm trying to build the next Clary or like pick whatever, next gong, right? And and and, and I want to build a sales company. Can I go and ask Chat GPT like very specific questions, like the ones that you described, and then like identify, oh, this is the company I, I'll go and build, right? Is like, is that enough, or do I actually need to have deep understanding of like the sales revenue process and so on? Like that's where what, what I was getting at, and I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, I think it's closer than a lot of people think, as long as you know okay. how to ask it the right way. I still think we're in the phase where we need you still. 
like it'll get you the majority of the way there, but not all the way there, right? Like if you do really good prompting, it can get you like 85% of the way there or 90% of the way there. But then it's that last 10% that's really critical that it still doesn't have yeah. in some cases, right? Um, but what, what I'm starting to see is like, if like, so let's say you wanted to reverse engineer Clary, like you could use, um, if you're looking at their branding, right? You could look at, you could look at basically, you could do a full page scrape, put it in chat GPT vision, have it identify and clone another version of that, create a visual, like, I mean, there's wild stuff that, that you could do. If you're talking about go yeah. to market, um, that's a little bit more involved. I've done that. It's funny because I, I did that. I'm like, act like you are the CEO of Y Combinator and provide, you know, the go to market strategy, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not going to get into the whole prompt now, but that kind of context. Yeah. And I've showed it to people that are in the startup space. They're pretty impressed with the results. So, um, that's good to know. I mean, like you always tend to believe that like you have learned something that ChatGPT cannot replicate, but maybe that's not true. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's 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 starting to scare me a little bit. Like, what's going to happen? Because I think like if you look at the evolution of it, and then I want to I want to change gears a little bit because this is about you. But like, you, you got the prompting aspect, right? And I think what's going to happen is prompts are going to start self-optimizing. Then it's going to transition to once they have that. Think of that as like the foundational layer then that's gonna level up to agents, right? So it's like an individual role with the right prompts integrated in there. And then the next level up is like autonomous departments and then autonomous organizations that are able to operate with like very few people at the top. So it's gonna get wild and crazy. That's, it's exciting, but scary at the same time. So, um, and these are all just with the public models that we're seeing, which is freaky. But let's let's switch gears a little bit because I wanna talk about you and, and you know some of the things that you mentioned uh, that were kind of interesting to you before was just like how you could revolutionize marketing with generative generative AI, right? And like the amount and the viewpoint that you have on data is insane based on your experience. So I would love to hear your take on that. And and like, what do you think is going to happen in the marketing space specifically with this and data? Yeah, and. Of course, like I mean, take everything I say with a grain of salt because, like, I have a biased view <laughs> given my role at Rada Stack. But, like, in general, I think like marketing has two dimensions, right? One is the data aspect, and one is the creative aspect, right? I mean, and creative aspect, like, how do you create the most beautiful ad or like a, like a viral video and so on, like that. Again, maybe I, I'm sure like ChatGPT can replace a lot of that as well. But like, I think I, I feel like that aspect there will be some like human intervention, right? creativity and so on. The second aspect of that is like the data aspect, right? And and I think as marketeers today, uh, they are like, like they, they have to like wrangle around that, right? Uh, for example, like if you look at most marketing automation systems, they are around like somebody coming in and thinking about like campaigns and then thinking about audiences, right? I mean, okay, I'll create an audience for all New York City people, like under 25, and then I'll create run a campaign targeting that audience, right? Why that, right? I mean, why 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 not something else, right? We have been talking about one-to-one -one marketing for for forever, but and I, like at, at Mariana, like my previous startup, like we tried to do the same thing, right? I mean, like if you know everything about a person, why do I need to then group people into an audience and run the same ad, right? I mean, why can't I truly do one-to-one -one marketing? And I think that I believe like that data problem is number one has to be solved, like bring all the data about your user and then you want to do it in a privacy safe way and all that stuff, right? And so so that's kind of one part. But assuming you have solved that data problem, then what to tell that person, right? I mean, that should be like 
like like that part seems to be automatable right i mean it could be like a library of things like okay these are all the kind of creatives i have and then what is the next best thing to send to that right that part should not be like a it's something like a machine should be able to do like i mean the our, our deep our current llm technologies are way beyond that like this is like almost like basic version of that so, so- why? So let me ask you that then, because like, why isn't that problem solved then? Like, if, if our technology capabilities are beyond that, then why haven't either companies yeah, pieced it together or pulled the trigger? Because you bring up a great point. I, I'm sure, like companies, like, like I mean, the, the, like, I mean, in a bigger scheme of things, right? I mean, like, like, like this. This is all like five year tech, right? Five six years that like these things have kind of got into some level of maturity, right? Now. If you think about like adoption of tech, right, in the mainstream, it takes like it takes a twenty-year horizon, right? Like we had cloud tech from two thousand, but even now we have companies who are running like on-prem software and so on, right? So like it will take time for people. Like people are used to doing things in a certain way, and then that's how like you'll you'll have like the next like in in ten years marketing will be very different, is what I can say, right? It's just like a time it takes for people to adjust and new tech. Like tech coming out and a product coming out is very different. Right? I mean, so there'll be a new set of products coming out, and then like people will evolve, and there will be early adopters. Well, so yeah, so let journey. me ask you a question. So, do you think that's different because of what's happened this year, right? So, do you think because, like, essentially, in an effort, and this is my belief, right? In an effort to train the large language models, they've basically demonetized the costs and access to these tools to either free or $20 a month in most cases, right? To, to have insane capabilities that B2C and B2B end users can really have. So do you think that the the tolerance for slow change is, is gonna evaporate in light that we've had eight years of innovation in like four months? Yeah, I mean, like there, there is definitely like a lot of pressure, right? I mean, like execs are asking like, what are we doing? I mean, even I ask my team, right, what are we doing with chat GPT and like, and what can we automate and why are we still doing these things, right? So there is definitely a lot of like top down, bottoms up, whatever, like pressure to like innovate and like do things differently. But I think like, again, not to like, just like talk, uh, like highlight marketing, but like just like going back to the same example, right? I mean, like companies have set up like tools and, and, and processes and, they do things certain way, right? And like asking them to like suddenly change no. like your entire marketing stack overnight is like that doesn't happen, right? Like it, there's like a lot of change management and and people like people also have to like people will lose jobs and and a new new set of skills would be required. Totally. So like these things, I guess, take time. Yeah, that makes. And I, I'm not bl- blaming marketing. I mean, if I was like, I mean, if, if I think about like, I'm sure like a lot of, I'm an engineer by training. And I, 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 if, if I was still writing code, I'll be like, yes, a lot of the coding work should also be automated. But like, would I be the first person to jump into a tool like that? Probably not. So, Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy. I mean, especially while we're on the topic of marketing, like I, um, so like, I love using this stuff with my kids, right? And, and testing it. Um, and so I tried it with my daughter, Dolly, the newest version of Dolly that was released. And I'm like, try this. I didn't explain anything. I was I would type of what you wanted to create. And it was like really freaking good. Like the first time she used it. And so, and like me, like I suck at graphics. Like I really am not good at graphics, right? But I was able to like 
just look at the patterns people are using for eye-popping graphics and was able to create recreate something based on what I needed in 15 minutes. You know, so like that's where things start to to surprise me. I think with you and your company, like how much, you know, how much data is going to explode that people need because of just simple issues like that. You have non-graphics people creating graphics. You have videos that could be created. It's, I mean, I would think that that's, that's got to be super exciting for you in light of what you see coming on that side of the house. Yeah, I mean, that's how I think about like startups or like even companies in general. I mean, are you in the right ballpark area, right? So, I mean, like, yes, we are doing customer data and all that stuff, but I think like that will evolve as we scale and, and so on. But like, like, yes, data will be exploding and you have tech to now like almost like uh, like uh, mainstream tech to store data, process data. Like earlier, you had to set up a Hadoop cluster. Now you have like, you can like literally get a petabyte scale data store like with the swipe of a credit card, right? So I think like you have both these techs coming together. So like, yeah, yeah it's a ballpark right space to be in. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think, I think you're heading in the right direction. So before we move on from the, the AI component internally, you mentioned pressing your team to innovate in that area or asking them, right? Kind of from a top-down perspective. Have you deployed, like, I, I, I'm assuming you have AI in your product, right? Just based on what we talked about, without a doubt, that's integrated in there. Um, like, have you, do you have like a large scale process for your team organizationally in terms of the, your team using it? Or are you just kind of asking them to innovate and, and see what happens? So, I mean, like AI is like a broad term, right? I mean, like we, in pockets, like, yes, like marketing is heavily using like tools like all the way from like chat GPT to like the specific tools for creatives, which all leverage AI, right? So that's kind of like things happening on the marketing side. Like our, my, I know my SDR leader, he heavily uses these like tools to like, again, personalize messaging and, and, and so on, right? So that, those are like things happening in pocket, same with engineering. And then we also have like ML capabilities. I don't say like LLM capabilities yet, but like ML capabilities in our core product. Right? Our customers are buying data stack to collect customer data. Then once once the data is there, their next question is like, okay, what are the interesting use cases I can build on top of that data? Right. So if you're a consumer subscription business, churn is a big problem. Can I predict churn on top of the data we have? Can I predict like product? Can I build a product recommendation model on top of the data we have? Like those are the natural next set of products that we offer that our customers like use and so on. So like, yes. Uh, so we, we have like core ML capabilities on our core, uh, on our product as well. And then we are layering additional things on top of that. Well, so, how yeah. does, so how does a product recommendation model work? Like, I think that's, that's really intriguing. Like yeah. I get the churn one cause there's probably sentiment and communication, you know, time to respond, like oh, there's usage, all those are right. Key variables I'd imagine for churn, but what about for, for product recommendation? How do you kind of look at that? Yeah, so I mean, like, so Rudderstack is like a first-party data collection product, right? So we, we have, let's say you're an e-commerce company. So they use Rudderstack to collect data about what uh, their customers are doing on the website, right? What products they're clicking on, what products they're adding to cart, what products they're checking out, right? All that data is being collected through Rudderstack, right? They're firing events when these things happen. So we bring all that data together. So we have, we, and then we don't store any data. All the data goes into their data warehouse, like Snowflake, Redshift, BigQuery, Databricks, right. whatever. But then like we, we have understanding of the schema, right? We understand what their users are doing, what products they're clicking on. So that 
once you have that like understanding of the data model and the data schema, it's like, like then recommendation is not like, I mean, that is a solved problem, right? I mean, it, it requires a lot of infrastructure to like process that data and build like ML models, what do you typically call it ML ops, but then we, we have the infrastructure to do that. So okay, that makes a lot of sense. So shifting gears is we're just about up in time, you know, like you've, you've obviously had a lot of success in your career and your previous companies and with Rudderstack. What's like the single biggest challenge you're running into today? I think like, uh, that's a good question. I mean, like as a startup, as you know, right? I mean, like <laughs> every day is a different thing, right? I mean, like uh, you have some fire, short term, long term. So like short terms will go, right? I mean, so we probably like, uh, like uh, you're probably like looking for a longer term answer. So I think like, I would say the biggest challenge is to like keep up with like the innovation in this space and like like keep moving, right? I mean, it's not just from competition, but like your ecosystem players and and like so much is changing. And like, let's say we uh, like, I mean, like ML is only part of our stack, right? But like, let's say if you are just an ML company, right? It, literally all the tech that you, we have built could have been obsoleted in literally like one month because somebody launched something like a chat GPT. And it, it has happened with like a lot of other ML companies, right? They've built a lot of tech that now chat GPT just takes away overnight, right? So I think like, like just staying on top of the innovation that is happening and then like innovating on top and staying relevant, I think in a fast changing tech environment is like hard. Yeah. And I would say like, that's what, but like, that's what like excites me as well, right? I mean, like, like finally we are tech people, right? I mean, uh, like at least I'm like an engineer, and I believe like maybe if if I like that's maybe an edge. I have oh yeah, definitely. Anyway. I would, I'd say it's definite edge. So what about with growing the company specifically? Like, what's what's your your biggest challenge in terms of like growing revenue, uh, growing market share? Like, what do you see as the biggest challenge there? Yeah, I think, uh, and I and that by no means is my domain of expertise. I think it's when I think about like revenue, right? I mean. There are two parts, right? One is like generating pipe and one is closing pipe. Like if you purely break it up that way, right? And I think how can we like like generating pipe is where like like how can we tell our story in a differentiated way? Right. I think like like I, I have there is something in my head, right? Like, okay, this is how we are evolving as a company. Like uh, and and I, I'm not like one of the best communicators, right? I mean, they are charismatic communicators. I'm not clearly that, right? So the question is like, what is in my head? Like as an engineer, how do I articulate that to the rest of the team? Then how does the team take that and articulate to the rest of the world? And and like truly show up as like a differentiated company, right? And like, okay, this is what we are like a truly innovating, innovative company. And it's not just like a storytelling problem. It's also like we have to innovate and we have to make differentiated products. So I think like once that is figured out, right, if, if the world thinks you are truly differentiated, then I think like, that might solve the demand gen problem, right? And, like, and, and, and so on. And then like once we do that, then revenue closing is still hard, right? I mean, you still have to like all the sales processes as you scale, right? I mean, like, I mean, when, when it was like me and my first AE selling, then, I mean, as a founder, you can sell a lot of things, right? But then how do you scale that to like 20 AEs and like and bring everyone to the same level? So. Yeah, those are like again scaling challenges. Again, I'm not. I, I have an amazing CRO, and, and and like he he has put together a lot of those processes. But yeah, I think uh, uh, hopefully yeah, that, that totally makes sense. So unfortunately, though, we are up on time. Where can people find you? Where can they find out more about Rudderstack? And then we'll wrap things up. 
I runnerstack.com is our website. Uh, I, I mean, best might to like, best way to reach me is to just send me an email, like contact at runnerstack.com or some other my first time at runnerstack.com. I mean, you can reach me on LinkedIn, but like LinkedIn has become so like overwhelming these days that again, thanks to a lot of the chat GPT technology that I mean, sometimes it's hard to keep up. Well, it was a pleasure having you on the show. I I mean, I think you've done amazing so far. You're in a great space with the amount of data that's just exploding, seems like day by day. Um, So thanks for being on, man. It was was great chatting with you today. Thanks, Ryan, for having me. It was really Oh, thanks, man. And we will see you all on the next episode. Thank you for checking out The Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.